Hello and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill, Dave, Don, Steve, and Gracia's on vacation. She's off, I don't know if she's in Iceland this week or if she's in Ohio, but she has a bunch of vacation coming up, so we will be flying without her for a few weeks. So standing in for Gracia today, though, we have a special guest. It's Jesse. Hello. Yay. Hello. Okay. He's very excited to be here. Yeah. Um, okay, and so since we don't have Gracia to do the drink of the week, I guess I'll start it. Um, this week we chose from, let me just look it up because I'm slow. Okay, so it's from the Wide Open Eats, and it is the, according to them, this is the drink of Texas. It's a Paloma. So it's basically um, grapefruit juice, tequila, lime juice. I put in some simple syrup. Uh, some water, mix the whole thing together, and then we topped it off with this um, Topo Chico uh, lime seltzer. I personally really like them. Um, and for the non-alcoholic version, the mocktail, by the way, I just didn't put in tequila. Um, but what does everybody think of the drink? It's pretty good. I like it. I don't like the fact that it's a Texas drink. But oh, I'm going to have to report you now. Maybe. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I'm normally not a fan of grapefruit or lime but i actually still enjoyed it so i was fairly surprised yeah i think it's pretty good mocktail's okay i can't really i i get acid reflux so i can't drink too much of it but it's good good yeah the simple syrup was hopefully going to cut out some of that acidity all that aside um i do think just before um we get started we should just do one old fuck you to texas shall we based on the news that's come out this week what fuck happened? you to texas yeah. fuck you texas <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing here i, I missed it what happened yeah i don't know what happened either. they uh made a law that basically says you can spy on like your neighbors and if you think they're going to have an abortion you can report them or drive or drive someone to get an abortion and you can't just you can also sue them privately yes. for like thousands of dollars ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars and now women can no longer get abortions after six weeks in texas um and that includes if they've been <clears> raped <throat> victims of incest um all of that they basically are wiping Holy out shit. that whole abortion law down there in texas so so fuck you texas yeah i'll hop on that fuck Y'all. you texas yeah. and what's the rate of incest down there I would suspect higher than your average New England state. Yeah, we don't oh, know. That's gonna suck. Um, the thing is, this is gonna create professional abortion sewers. You know. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. a really like, dangerous like, law. Like eighty grand a year suing people for abortions. Yeah, like privatized strictly for abortions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what else is um, a little scarier is that this has already gone to the Supreme Court. And in a 5-4 victory, it was upheld as something that's Jesus. legal as well. So the door that's kind of scary. still a little bit open, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah they, uh, they refused to They refused to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So Now, a Texas judge, however, just recently um, made a ruling on it that more in favor of the other side. But So it's going to go back to the Supreme Court. Now, the southern states are already starting to use it as a template for their... Yeah. So pretty soon we're going to have two countries. Yep. So fuck you, Texas, and fuck you, Supreme Court. I think that I'm sounds about right, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> and fuck you, Sue Collins, who said there's no way that Brett Kavanaugh would ever do anything to restrict a woman's oh, right to choose. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Susan Collins. Yeah. Right. Maine, if you're listening, vote that bitch out. Yeah, that's right. Come on, so. Maine. Get your shit together and vote. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? So anyway. And good. mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
West Virginia, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he needs to go. That guy. He, he, he's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, I guess we've got it out of our system, so. Um, we can go on to ours. I hope there's a woman's march. Uh, I think there actually is going to be in the beginning of October. I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but I believe Terry and my mother were actually talking about it yesterday. Super. Mm. Good. So, that'd be good, yeah. Yeah, that'll be good for them. We miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, we do. Mm. R.I.P. Anyway, so we'll kick into our story now. Um... So basically, uh, as many of our listeners and friends know, Craig and our daughter Lonnie and I, we went to the city of Austin just a couple weeks ago. Um, Austin is a really fun city. It's got like lots of bars and restaurants, uh, plenty of shopping, live music, um, lots of history. And it's kind of like a little New Orleans-esque. Um, it's got like a dirty Sixth Street and stuff, which smells kind of like the French Quarter, for those of you who have been to New Orleans, you know what I'm she talking about. She means you're in. <laughs> it sounds bad. I get it. Yeah. Um, Austin is also frequently rated amongst some of the top, uh, it's like at the top of the list of the best places to live. I think <clears throat> not just in the country, but maybe in the world. Uh, it's becoming a real liberal city, too. It's what's mm-hmm. helping to turn Texas pink and hopefully blue someday, as more and more Californians flock in. They were complaining about the number of Californians who keep moving to Texas. Um, so anyway, but of course, it uh, the University of Texas was um, incredible for us. Like we loved it. It's a beautiful campus. Um, but it was also probably home to the first ever mass shooting or spree killing, right? As we talked yep. about a few weeks ago. But what I didn't realize until we went on a haunted Segway tour, which was super fun, is that it was also home to America's first serial killer called the Servant Girl Annihilator. So, so I thought we would talk about um, this story this week. And it's got a little bit of a twist that may surprise you. And maybe this will become one of your favorite conspiracy theories going forward. So with that, Austin, Texas in 1884 was booming. Um, it was just becoming like the difference between a cow town, which is what they kind of called it previously, into like an urban center. There were lots of hotels and restaurants. They had three colleges, um, and the population was just exploding, like from like 4,000 to 25,000 in a matter of a few years as people came into Austin. The city was described by Skip Hollinsworth in The Midnight Assassin, Panic, Scandal, and the Hunt for America's First Serial Killer as a place with, quote, all the makings of an urban paradise. However, at Christmas time in 1884, it's going to start to become hell for most of the young women in the city of Austin. On the night of December 29th, 1884, the family of Walter K. Hall would be woken up in the middle of the night by these blood-curdling screams of 30-year-old Walter Spencer. Spencer was begging for help, and he was bleeding profusely from several wounds on his body. He would also state that Molly Smith, which is his girlfriend, um, that he was like living with in this house behind Hall's house, I guess, and because uh, Molly was Hall's kitchen girl too, that she was gone. Um, Molly would be found the next day in the yard. She was basically naked with a gaping wound in the side of her head. There was evidence to show that she had been initially attacked in her room and dragged out back behind the outhouse and killed there. Um, the evidence that was in her room was like broken glass, um, blood-stained fingerprints, and there was a bloody axe left in her bedroom. 
She had been hit with the axe in the head, the chest, the belly, the legs, and the arms. And there was so much blood, it was reported that it looked like she was floating in a pool of blood when they found her. Yeah, pretty gross. Mm. So the Austin Police Force, which is kind of a fun part of the story, a little bit bubbling idiots, but um, they... They they obviously had no idea who did it, so they showed up and they were like, "Oh shit, this is bad." Um, and so did they go blame the horse? Um, n- almost. <laughs> <laughs> what they did with the sheep is actually worse. Though. Oh my god! No, they it's went Texas. <laughs> they went and found um, another boyfriend, a former boyfriend of Molly's, and they arrested him. Um, his name was William Brooks. And Brooks was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was working. There's absolutely no evidence tying him uh, to this You're crime. Guilty. Yeah, that's what they said. But then the prosecutor was like, dudes, you can't just arrest people. You know, like, <laughs> there's no evidence linking him to the crime. So, Constitution. Yeah, so they <laughs> just had like to, today, Constitution. It was a little bit, yeah. So they had to let him go, um, obviously, and he was never prosecuted for the crime. So on May 7th in 1885... A young mother of three was found with her head split open by an axe. Uh, her name was Eliza Shelley, and she was also a black woman, and she was working as a cook at the time of her murder. There was a lot of blood in her bed, so the investigators speculated that she was probably killed in her sleep before being dragged onto the floor where they found her. Um, in between uh, Eliza and Molly, there was, like, women attacked um, with knives and things like that, but no no one else was killed. So it's like five months later, the next killing occurs kind of thing, just to make that clear. Um, and now, because of the nature of these two killings, the press began to refer to the criminal as the Austin axe murderer because he's committed two murders, and in each case, he left his axe there for them to find, which I don't know how much axe were. But he ends up killing, like, a few people and just, like, leaving the murder weapon in the room. So, hmm. like, thinking they must have been pretty inexpensive. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> Racking up a debt with super nice axes they yeah. leaving behind. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It is kind of a strange thing to leave, but... Yeah, but... Of course, they didn't, they didn't know how to do anything with fingerprints just yet. Um, so it wouldn't be until 1892... Um, that somebody actually mathematically proved that, you know, their fingerprints are very unlikely to belong to, that they're unlikely to have two people with matching fingerprints. Um, That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and it wasn't until the early 1900s that they would use them in U.S. courts. So. But in Texas, I mean, would they still be brother and sister? (laughs) What? It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That has nothing to do with fingerprints, Dad. (laughs) Anyway. What were you saying about New Orleans being like Austin? I said that Austin was like a little New Orleans esque. Do they so, have those squeegee fish like they have in New Orleans? I, I ate a ton of those damn things. Squeegee? Disgusting. But yeah, squeegee people were giving me these. What another squeegee fish? And I eat is them. Is this and another laugh. one of your dreams? What is a squeegee no, fish? No, it turned out to be condoms. Oh. Ew, did he did he say mistake, John? <laughs> did he say condoms? Who said you? Yes, yeah. he did say. Oh, no, he said condoms. <laughs> Is there a difference? <laughs> no. Well, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, it's similar in that it's got a great live music scene, and you can smell the urine on Dirty Six. See, just like you can. In the well, I guess there were squeegees down there. <laughs> I'm confused. You are confused, Steve. It's okay. It's okay. We're when just you're gonna, older. 
We're just going to keep going. Um, anyway, so yeah, the press called him the Austin Axe Murderer. But there was a poet who was living in Austin at the time, uh, someone named O. Henry. I don't know if you guys know oh, who yeah. that is. Um, he wrote a letter to a friend containing... I didn't know he was from Austin yet. Yeah. Well, he was living in Austin at the time. I don't think he was from Austin. Yeah, because oh. he knew how to read and write. Yeah. So he probably wasn't from Texas. <laughs> right, you got yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. That's By the way, you know. fuck you, Texas, but... We hope you roll out the welcome mat when we move there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, so L. Henry had written a letter to his to a friend of his containing a quote about Austin, calling it, quote, fearfully dumb, except for the frequent raids of servant girl annihilators who make things lively in the dull hours of the night, yeah. end quote. So a little bit crazy there. But um, that's where they came up with the name, the servant girl annihilator. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So a couple weeks later, on May 23rd, a servant named Irene Cross would become the third victim. Uh, she was found practically scalped, actually, um, having multiple stab wounds in her body. And they believed that she was stabbed with a knife and not an axe. So we start to see his M.O. change just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Or this could be unrelated and discredited to him. Nobody, nobody really knows. Or the Austin police, you know, who knows? Maybe he just didn't leave the axe this time. Yeah, maybe. Is he leaving the knife? Uh, it didn't say that he left the knife either. Mm. They just say they believed she was stabbed with a knife mm. instead of an axe. So mm. they believe. So that means they didn't have a knife, right? Yeah, yeah. or yeah. an axe. Could have been an axe. Could have stabbed her with anything. Let, let or me a clue. Let, let me ask <laughs> you something. Oh, never mind. Okay. Um. So, yeah, and so after Irene, the M.O. is going to change a little bit more, too, because the next victim that gets credited to the servant girl annihilator was named Mary Ramey. She was actually 11 years old. She was dragged outside, and that's where she was raped. Um, she was then killed by, like, this iron rod being stabbed through her ear. Right, this just changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, well, that was brutal. Yeah, so she is the first one um, that they think... So the other ladies were found naked or partially mm -hmm. clothed, but either they didn't, I mean, I don't want to say they didn't do a rape kit because that wasn't like a thing back yeah. then, uh, but they didn't note any kind of sexual assault on anyone prior something to Something about this Mary. one was obvious. Maybe. Yeah. Or sometimes these guys escalate, right? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they get bored with the way that they're doing things. And so it's they interesting part of the pattern is he pulls them out of the house. Mm -hmm. Always yeah, seems to hurt weird. them in one place and then take them to another place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the first two ladies were axe murdered mm -hmm. and then knife murdered, and now this one's got an iron rod through her head. Yeah. All stabbing her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, and then Irene was also basically scalped. Like, mm -hmm. just, <laughs> yeah, yucky. Um, anyway, so Mary, um, she was found on August 30th. No, yep, yep, sorry, August 30th. Um, Mary's mother, Rebecca, was a servant, and she was in the house when Mary was taken. But she said basically that she thought that the guy who broke in, like, knocked her out unconscious. And so that's why she didn't wake up when her doing this ordeal that her daughter was going through. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's true or not. But Yeah, you usually don't stay unconscious for that long, you know. You'd think, but. So, I mean. Yeah, that sounds kind of flimsy right yeah, yeah. there's yeah. also not necessarily a time limit on how long those things have to take you know what i mean like yeah i mean that's pretty strong language 
sound like a disagreement. You disagree with David then? Hmm. I don't think I necessarily disagree. It's just another perspective. Oh, don't be wishy-washy. It's not wishy-washy. It's just that this is all a gray area of something that nobody actually has any idea of what happened. Not black yeah. or white, but it's I mean, gray. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Well, it would sound strange that the mother would have been involved, anyways. So well, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's agree. there's some level where you have to say she's probably. Either she's telling the truth or there was something else going on. Like she was, you know, out with... Selling her daughter or whatever. Right, yeah. something, like something like that. Something like that yeah. and mm-hmm. just didn't want people to know. I'm glad yeah. she's not alive anymore so she could sue me. Yep, nope. Mm. She's in Texas, though. I'm pretty sure she can sue you anyway, apparently. She can, <laughs> she can just say you might have had an abortion or something like that one. I did. Did I ever tell you about that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, we should start filing lawsuits against Texas men just randomly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, a, they drove somebody to an abortion. Every time you masturbate, you do it. that's you're killing a child. That's right. At least that's one. At least yeah. one. You're committing two genocide. Or three. Genocide. Yeah. <laughs> Potential whole community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're chastity. <laughs> keep suing the governor. Spike chastity. <laughs> yeah. You guys. Anyway. Okay. Um, up next. Uh, Stop dirtying this up. On the list of victims is uh, Gracie Vance and her boyfriend, Orange Washington. They were servants. I don't know why that's funny. I'd love to know who names. This is some good news. Orange Washington. That's awesome. It's like Trump. Orange. Oh, uh, I don't I don't think he was like Trump, actually. But I bet you he loved not. oranges. <laughs> he might have. Yeah. I don't know. But that was his name. Um, they were servants living on the property of a William Dunham, um, and that was Gracie's employer, so Orange didn't work for him. She did, and it was kind of like her little house there. On the night of September 28th, this is a little bit sad, um, Dunham was awakened by screaming, but he didn't investigate it right away because he stated to the police that basically Orange was a woman beater, and hearing Gracie scream for help was a very common occurrence. So he was just like, he heard it, and he was like, meh. Here he goes again. Uh, Yeah. So that's kind of sad. But that was, you know, 1885, so that's kind of commonplace, I guess. Um, So eventually, though, he would get woken up again, and so he decided to go outside and check it out. And when he did, he found uh, Lucinda Body, who was a house guest of Gracie, fighting with a man outside. Um, Dunham said that he scared off the attacker just by his very presence, and so they don't know they didn't get any information on him or stop him or anything like that and then those two dunham and lucinda along with patsy gibson who apparently was another person staying at the house went off to look for gracie and orange Um, gracie was then found uh, raped and murdered by a rock so her skull had been bashed in by a rock and oranges had had his head split in two by an axe and the axe was there Hmm. so i guess they don't know if like the guy you know axe murdered the boyfriend and then was like okay now you get the rock or why he didn't use it or if it was multiple killers at this point or what um maybe the axe got dull maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why he keeps dumping them not high quality axes after one use it's gone one swing the edge is just so dull it's just not worth it (laughs) (laughs) maybe Um, at this one, too, at this site, there was a horse uh, found tied to a fence. Ah. 
Um, but the and so like the cops were like, oh, a horse. So whoever owns this horse clearly is the murderer. So they went and arrested that guy. But that guy said, oh, I filed a report a few days ago with you people that my horse was stolen. Remember? And they were like, oh yeah. And so then they had to let him out. Ah. Did the horse have a smile on his face? <laughs> I don't know. These cops are kind of. The funny. horse have an evil look in his eye. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Twinkle of evil. <laughs> Um, so now there's going to be a couple months in between Gracie and the next killing. So we could talk a little bit more about the police and the way that they handled this up to date. And to be super fair, this again is considered to be the first serial killer, right? So it's not like they had tons of experience on how to deal with serial killings or, you know, anything like that. Right. So, um, so the first like ever. That's what they think. The first ever American serial killer. Yeah, that's argumentative, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not argumentative. It is argumentative. That, it's argumentative if I argue it with Steve. <laughs> it's arguable if you don't believe it. Now I'm triggered. <laughs> it's about to snow. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's what they think. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for playing along. Um, I think it depends on how you define a serial killer, but it could. You know, but this is you know. so. I mean, if there's like a special K box, and he's like, well, no, I mean, okay. you know, because you could say like, you know, Billy the Kid was a serial killer. He killed more than three people in three separate incidents. Yeah, and that's and how this, we define it now, right? Yeah. So, and this happened long before. Um, or long after Billy the Kid died. He died in 1879, I believe. I can't remember. Yeah, he wasn't a serial killer, though. Well, he was was what you would... It depends on how... That's why I said it depends on how you define it. So often it's just defined as anyone who's killed three people in three separate incidents. So that's considered... Isn't it like uh, killing people just for killing? Rather than killing out of passion or killing... No, because some serial killers have, like, specific passions and things yeah, that they killed so. over and things that drove them to kill people. So that's not necessarily what it is. It's really just the amount. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes it goes by the amount. It goes by how many separate incidents you have. Um, oftentimes there's time frames. It depends because they, they define it differently because you could say, for example, like when we were talking about the uh, DC snipers, they could count as serial killers, but generally they're thought of as more being spree killers. So we've kind of okay. differentiated it. But, you know, it's just, it kind of depends on how you define a serial killer. Um, and that, you know, is it. Yeah, I don't think William Barney would qualify. I mean, he, most of the people he shot, he knew them. Well, serial killers um, do serial know their killers victims. Serial killers do sometimes know their victims. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it, he's just one example. There are plenty of people in the 1800s that killed more than three people. John Wesley Harden. So, um, you know, so, but, so it just kind of depends on how you define it. I so. guess, yeah. But I, I would contend that this person was not the first serial killer. Well, if okay. Jill says he's the first, then. I don't care Thank what you, Jill Steve. said. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I'm glad for you all came. intents and purposes. And from this point on, Craig, you can shut off everyone else's microphone. <laughs> 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 Just whoever wants to say who the first serial killer was, then was it Holmes? No, nope, Holmes is after. Was it? He's was uh, like after? five years after this guy, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Christopher mm. Columbus uh, was a serial killer. Mm. Nice point. Thank you. Look how many, ask any Indian in those <laughs> islands. But he wasn't in America, remember? Well, he, oh, well, let's get this way about it. I think <laughs> genocide is different from serial killing, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's kind of in the same facet. You get you know the same. I mean? like Again, you go into that point. It just right. depends on how you define it. I right. think so. mass genocide is like serial killing plus one. Yeah. You know what I mean? You hit yeah. a certain amount to become a serial killer. After that, you hit a certain amount to become a mass murderer. It's all great. It's like, um, like Girl Scout badges. <laughs> <laughs> like, I made it to mass murderer. Yes. They're sewing the badge on him. He's like, so he gets like a fancy tattoo. He's like, I finally did it. I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you point out that Jesse here is your son, Jill? No, but... Oh, no. I think that's important. It was undisclosed information until that. Right. Yeah. She wasn't going to admit it. Where's the marker? No, no. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, Jesse's you know, they chip baby. off the old block as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting back to the police. <laughs> I just have to point out, H.H. H. Holmes was indeed later. Yes, I know. I said that. Mm-hmm. Dad, do you know? There he goes. He pulls the out the Google. That was the yeah, real. real. Got my Google in my hands, and I'm. I know. It. I know for a fact, and I'll have to look it up that there was serial killers before this. H.H. Wow. H. H. Holmes was the murder hotel guy, right? Yeah, in Chicago. Who made, yeah, who made like all the hallways with no way out. Yeah, I'd have staircases to, I'd, I'd, to nowhere. Yeah, in the World's Fair during the World's yeah, Fair. Yeah, that's Chicago. a really yep. cool one. Mm. Anyway, uh, moving on. So, basically, the cops um, didn't have a lot of experience, and I thought though, um, so all of the victims up to Gracie, they were all black and they were all servants. So I thought it was good that they were at least even trying to investigate it. Although the city of Austin, the people were in panic regardless of, you know, if they were black women or white women. They mm-hmm. were just, you know, I feel like they just didn't have cable. And so this was like so kind they, of what entertained they had them. Yeah, exactly. So and like, these stories oh get God. sensationalized in the papers and they're fun. And so there was some pressure on the cops to mm-hmm. um, to solve it. So what they did um, was kind of weird. So every time someone would murder, would be murdered or found murdered. The cops would basically uh, arrest everyone, like literally everyone. <laughs> Evidence all right, or not. everybody in town, we all line get, up. Get your asses in prison. Uh-huh. They arrested former boyfriends of the victims without any evidence, and then they'd have to release them a few days later. Um, and in one instance, there was a witness, uh, Shelley's eight-year-old son, who said that he thought he saw a barefoot man leaving the scene. So they literally went around, and any guy they found without shoes on, they arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Which is those days. That's a good move. Yeah. Wow. No yeah. such thing as innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Sherlock Holmes was living in Austin. Wow. Yep. yep. And every time there would be like a gap of a couple of months during the crimes, because like in the month of May, there were like three or four in a row but then nothing until August. So they'd be like, hey, we solved it. We must have found the guy because he hasn't done anything, <laughs> even though they never were able to keep anybody well, in jail or anything like that. Well, at least they didn't go out and kill somebody else to keep it going. Yeah, so, and that is generally one of the distinctions between serial and spree killers, is that serial killers often do take, like, sabbaticals, and then they just come back. Yeah. Sabbaticals. So, sabbaticals. They just, A quick hiatus. They stop, 
lot. They fill out the paperwork at work. Several months, and then they just come right back. What company does he work for? <laughs> How much PTO time is there? <laughs> How many have you killed? Oh, okay. Go to uh, Yeah, needs a break. I get it. It can be physically exhausting. It's taxing. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is. You know how hard it is to swing an axe, especially <laughs> at a moving target? That's probably why he leaves it there, too. Jesus. No, JJ, oh, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> very underrated uh, the amount of skill it takes anyway in reality the cops never had any idea who was doing it um and still don't like that shouldn't stop still unsolved true um so as we talked about in september that's when um orange and just blanking on her name gracie was murdered and so no new murders are going to happen for a couple months um, and the town's starting to really to re relax, and the cops are like, "Yay, we must have obviously caught him or chased him out of town. Woohoo, go us!" So there's no one left in town but him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only dude. He's like, "I chose the perfect day to wear shoes. We need more so room in this jail." Up. Yeah, this is so fucked up. I um, guess I killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, that was until December 24th of 1885 when the killer would strike again and change his pattern again. So this time, he's going to take two victims in one night, and both of them are going to be white women. So this is a change. Uh, it's getting freaky. Yeah. The big swap. Yeah. Now people really care. Yes. <laughs> That's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Spoiler. White women. So, wow. so if they're white women, why did they think it was the same guy? Well, because of the way the crimes are committed. So the first woman on that Christmas Eve um, that was killed, her name was Susan Hancock. She was huh. sleeping with her daughter, but like not in like a creepy way. Oh, just sure. Like, <laughs> oh, sure. Just yeah. like, the killer walked in and was like, oh, no. <laughs> you guys need to go down. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Just like I feel like that Who was raised you. <laughs> Stop pointing. It was probably normal for that time where people would, you know, share. It's normal for Texas for people <laughs> to sleep with their with Most of the Well, how old's the daughter? Hasn't changed 11. much. I don't know. She said 11. No, that was the victim daughter. This time I don't think I got the age of the daughter. I really didn't think oh, you guys were going to want to. Oh, I don't. Flush into that yeah. more. <laughs> well, I would just like uh -huh. to say in defense of co-sleeping that it's actually not a bad idea until children reach a certain age. Jesse, Not I early 20s or anything. Keep your door locked, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can you do the moonwalk? <laughs> wow. He's like, excuse me. <laughs> Jesse starts texting the other kids. <laughs> Lock your door. Is this normal? <laughs> You got an axe? You got an axe? <laughs> um, anyway, they were in a different part of the house from where her husband was. So these are, she's also not a servant. She's kind of like a socialite um, in Austin. This is a wealthy family. Mm. And so her, her husband's in one wing of the house and her and her daughter in another one. Um, she was pulled from the bed and dragged out into the garden behind the house where she was murdered with an axe, which nearly split her head into two. Um, so the police did exactly what you would expect them to do. And so they arrest her husband, even though nice. her husband had heard some of the commotion and gone outside and was in fact injured. He had several injuries from the ax. Um, 
But so did her husband then have any description of the person that was involved? No. I, well, so there were lots of descriptions of the person, but basically they decided that he must have been wearing a disguise because he was described as barefoot most of the time. Sometimes he was described as yellow. Sometimes he was described as black. Sometimes he was described as like having a hood on. So they just... The cops. Well, this so is according to the cops. his disguise was like he wore shoes this <laughs> yeah, time. I don't know. <laughs> he wore He's shoes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, I bet he was missing a toe. Ah, uh, so that's going to come up in a in a few minutes. But oh well, yeah. that's why I threw it in there. Well, there you go. Um, anyway, so her husband. Um, I really don't understand why they thought he did it because he was injured by the axe. But, um, like, was he, like, axing himself? Yeah, he could have chopped himself up. Something, I don't know. That seems like a lot. Like, I could see that with a knife, but with an axe? It does seem like, that's, again, lots of effort. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So he might have needed that sabbatical that Dave's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is Um, a price we pay. So, and this guy... Did you say Gracia was on a sabbatical? Yes, Gracia's also on sabbatical. Mm, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Suspicious. So anyway, um, nobody ever suspects a woman. Sorry, (laughs) she was she was in Vermont. You're right. Oh, Uh, possibly Fall River. We're giving her ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Gracia. Hope you're listening. Anyway, um, he was tried. So the prosecutor decided there was enough evidence to try this guy, but it resulted in a hung jury. So. They hung the jury? Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, First they a... arrest everybody, then they hang the jury. So they're like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They string them up. <laughs> well, they like to do that. Thanks. They did. That's Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. But then it's a hanged jury. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be grammatically correct. Yeah. Exactly. Get the correct right. tense in there. Yeah, right. I don't want to get into what a hung jury really is. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of dudes were sitting there looking real pleased with themselves. Like, <laughs> Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> All my exes are from Dave. All anyway. my axes are from Dave. Oh. Never mind. Anyway, yes. um, the second victim of the night, um, also believed to be the final known victim of this guy in Texas, was Eula Phillips. She was 17. Um, she was married to James Phillips. And Eula was widely believed to be one of the most beautiful women in all of Austin and possibly all of Texas. For the time. For the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays doesn't hold up. No. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that clarification. <laughs> I happen to know something about Eula. Her eyebrows met in the middle there. Huge <laughs> unibrow. Yeah. Mole on the chin. Right. Tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they name people for it. what they're known for, you know, orange and. Do they ever hear of copycat killers in these things? Um, I, I mean, don't think so. Probably not. not by that's that such point. a jump in mo to go from the black to the white. It's the first serial killer ever. And How could they have copycats? Figure geographically, the white rich people don't live in the black neighborhood. Right? They don't. But these, these, um, all these black women who were killed. They were actually in the wealthy neighborhoods because they were living in the servant quarters uh, of the ho- of the families that they worked for. Right. Thank you for clarifying. Yep. And there's actually a map um, that maybe we'll post, and it'll show it's like the square area of Austin where all these crimes are committed. So mm. it's kind of like, yeah, geographically pretty close to each other, too. Give up my Secrets don't make that. friends, boys. All right. Well, yeah, what's <laughs> going on? I think he's on? asking me to pull the map out. <laughs> Something else, but yeah. the map will do. <laughs> Google the map. 
All right, Craig will pull up the map so you he guys can see Googles it. He never Googles Jill. He only Googles me. He did Google me. Oh, Just by the way, today. I pulled up Eula Phillips, and you know, whenever you see pictures of women from, like, 19th century, they really are butt ugly. Spectacularly <laughs> so. This woman actually isn't. She's kind of homely, but not the same class of butt ugly. Is that her there? Did, yeah. did he say homely? Uh, yeah, what does homely mean? Yeah. It means I've you never don't look just... very good. It's a nice word for ugly. Really? Uh, I'm going to start using that. You're <laughs> homely. Sure, yeah. That's a good I'm going to try to be real smooth with it. Exactly. Exactly. You're looking real homely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get slapped. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, because they don't know what it means. Yeah. Oh, I I it sounds really offensive. It does. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Yes, it does. You're not good offensive. looking. You just don't have like a wart coming off your nose. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Wicked Witch of the West. Okay. But you're not exactly She average. just needs to smile. They all okay, yeah. Well, you kind of likes her. They Show everyone you love. This is the deadpan era. That's actually, there's, um, you know, because they didn't know very much about dental hygiene, okay. so that's why they're very seldom like in a smile in an older picture because you don't want to show your teeth. Because mm -hmm. there ain't none. Yeah. Right, or they're, they're a different colored. Just um, black gaps. They didn't really have much in the way of dentistry, That's so true. by the time you're 20, 23, you're, you're missing some. Well, they had so. Doc Holliday. Shout out modern dentistry. So, anyway, <laughs> um, Eula was also thought to have been uh, sleeping around basically quite a bit with oh. most of the powerful men in the city of Austin, nice. like the mayor and ev basically everybody. Nice. Um, nice. And she was known to meet her friends, we'll call them. The homies. In a local brothel. Um, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, okay. which is how her, some her people So she may or may not have been getting paid by these powerful men? She may or may not have been. May or may not paid. have been getting paid, yes. Oh, yes. Receiving compensation yep. for the They didn't say that. They activity. just said in the local brothel, which is how some people theorize that the servant girl annihilator found her and decided to make her a victim. I don't really know why. Like, So he might have worked in a local. He might have. We don't know. Um, that's kind of what it says. But mm -hmm. she ends up being found dead um, in the in an alley in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in all of Austin at the time. She had again been raped and been bludgeoned to death with an axe. So, poor girl is only 17. Um, mm. Eula's husband... Oh, I didn't realize she was that young. Yeah. Eula's husband, James, would be uh, charged with the crime, and he would actually be put on trial, too. And part of the evidence <clears throat> against him was that she was sleeping around, and so they figured, you know, he'd be pissed enough to want to rape and murder her in an alley. Mm. Um so, but more interesting um, is the piece of evidence that they decided to use against James. So, and that was a bloody footprint that was found on like a wood piece of wood in one of the crime scenes. So the killer basically is thought to have not worn shoes. Um, and dad, you were theorizing yesterday that that's probably because he wanted I to be quiet. I wasn't theorizing anything. <laughs> okay. I was absolutely sure <laughs> that I was missing a toe. No, no, no. You were theorizing that he didn't wear shoes in the crime scenes because he wasn't didn't want to wake his victims before he got to them, right? Or wake other people did, in the did house. Did I say that? Yeah, to me yesterday. Oh, I forgot I said that. That sounds like it makes sense that to me. That would actually yeah. make sense. See, if I made okay. sense, well, you could creep through David an old would agree to that, that because way. some people snuck out of the house in the <laughs> dead of winter without shoes <laughs> well, on. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so Uncle he's, he I would, know that trick. Yeah, he would be the expert, I guess. Hear the that. police knocking on the door. Mr. McMillan, do you know where your son is? So I was standing next to you. 
<laughs> and his down. bare feet in February. Yeah. Listen. What are you, perverts? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, this footprint uh, indicated that the killer either had club foot or was missing like a pinky toe. Um, so what they did was they made James... It's kind of funny because rather than just like compare his foot to the board, they like stuck his foot in ink and tried to like make another pattern on it and stuff. <laughs> but, um, Whip it out, we got tests. But uh. James had all of his toes and he didn't have club foot. And then when they compared like the print of his to the bloody footprint, they were like nowhere close in if size. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oh, <laughs> they should have. However, they didn't. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, fuck Welcome it. to Texas. Yeah. Hang the jury. Yeah. yeah, they knew that the other jury got hung. No way they yeah, were. No oh. way. The jury did convict him, um, even though it seems like the evidence should have maybe cleared him, but that's okay. And what is clubfoot? I'm not sure. It's but where I think it's where your it's foot a, is basically like you're born with it in half, essentially, where you don't really have like, oh, the like, the, like that extension. football player. Exactly, like the one who had the field goal oh, yeah, for our, a long time. Our chief time. Googler is on the job. Mm. Yeah, he had club foot. Yeah. Yeah. He had a field goal record of like 65 yards. Yeah. A deformity in which an infant's foot is turned inward. There you go. <laughs> so that sounds like that. really confusing. So it's an inward foot. Um, anyway, James didn't have that. He could have foot sweeps. So he had an innie. Yeah. <laughs> a serious I, innie. Come over here, Junior. Sweep the floor. Yeah, I think that the the killer had the innie, but James here had the outie. Oh, yeah. got it. So, but the jury didn't didn't uh, really didn't care. Matter. Yeah, they didn't care about evidence. Right, um, but interestingly enough, in Texas, there was a judge who six months later would be like, "Okay, that's bullshit," and he completely overturned the conviction oh. and exonerated poor James. James was stoked yeah. on that decision. Yeah. Yeah, he was fired the next day. Fuck God, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, he probably moved you after You couldn't that. do this a little <laughs> earlier before did, I had but... to take showers with these guys. And yeah. yeah, no, you know what the showers are like here? <laughs> Actually, they don't have those in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, you stand outside when it rains. <laughs> so after that, though... <laughs> As fast as they started, the killings in Austin stopped. Um, so the cops, the cops obviously thought that they definitely caught the guy or chased him out of town. So they were like <laughs> celebrating their wild success. Hmm. But there are suspects. So the first suspect, according to the police, is basically like everyone in the city of Austin. Okay. First suspect, everyone. You know you got him. The police actually had interviewed and arrested more than 400 men. Wow. I really so, hope one day I get interviewed and arrested for something I no, have no. No, you actually really don't. And just, not actually, but just the concept of that is so silly to me. Yeah, like, I can't silly. imagine being approached and they're like, you're under arrest. And I'm like, four what yep so the next suspect um and probably actually i think the most likely killer is uh, nathan elgin he was 19 year old uh, 19 years old at the time he was a black cook and he worked near all of the crime scenes so i think craig showed you guys the map and it's kind of like a square so he worked in one of the restaurants um within that area um he, he i'm from maybrick Okay, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Let's get I going. don't know what that means. So Nathan Elgin was missing a toe and his pinky toe, and he did have club foot. And okay. he was shot dead by police in February of 1886 while he was trying to assault a woman with a knife. 
Oh, well, yeah. no. that sounds so pretty familiar it. right out mm-hmm. the gate. Yeah. You know where I could be wrong? We'll go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead. Out. Do yours, because I didn't even write that guy down. Um, so Maybrick was a guy who lived in Austin at the time and moved to Liverpool later, mm-hmm. right, during the time of the, the killings and, and uh, Jack the Ripper. Um, the only real piece of evidence they've got is he kept journals while he was in Austin, and he'd sign them Jack the Ripper. Mm. So there's so a how would he know before even Jack the Ripper was... Because this happened three years before Jack the yeah. Ripper. Yeah, so there is that guy um, with the possible Jack the Ripper connection. And then there's one more, actually. A guy oh. named Maurice. Oh, Maurice. He was a Malaysian cook. Um, and all the murders occurred near the hotel where he was living at the time he was in Austin. And he left Austin on a steamship in 1886, January of 1886, so like right after the two murders. Um, The ship was headed to London, but it would stop in several ports of call along the way, like Jamaica and Florida and places like that. And in each one of those ports of call, a similar murder would occur to a woman. She would be raped and murdered with a knife or an axe or something like that. Wow. Yep. And eventually the the, uh, steamship did make its way to London, and that's pretty soon after is when the Jack the Ripper killings would start. So quick, All three of them did it. Quick question. Yes. With the uh, ports of call, did they ever find an axe at any of those scenes, do you know? Um, they were, it wasn't really clear. They just, all the, ev- everything I found said that there was just similar murders that occurred. Women were raped and... Similar, but no specific, like, they also found an axe at yeah, this, at this particular place. Completely yeah. Similar. Well, he'd moved on from the axe. Yeah, the he knife. was into knives well, at the time. Maybe. Well, like, we saw, the, yeah, we saw a similar pattern in Austin where he ditched the axe for a while and then eventually went back to it. You know what I mean? So it's it's oh, one of those yeah. things where yeah you were in Austin the, the last two the last two white women were killed with axe so you took mm-hmm. Jane in Austin no 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 I didn't go to Austin but um for right before the two wealthy white women who were killed like the the young lady who was mostly scalped they didn't have an axe at the scene. yeah you know what I mean and then eventually with the white women they he did he go went back or to the whoever axe. it was went back to yeah the axe. and he killed the boyfriend with the axe but right. not the girlfriend yet. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know that the answer to that for sure. I didn't find it. Um, but the crimes are similar in nature. So obviously, Jack the Ripper liked to like gut his patients and you he know, removed organs. Wait, I just called them patients. Although doctors of the time may have been about that destructive and incompetent. Okay. Yeah. Was he a doctor? I don't know. He was. Uh, I mean, so to be the, that's one. Livers. There are theories that Jack the Ripper was medically a doctor because he he did actually precisely remove organs. But uh, I would like to suggest that cooks could have done that too because they absolutely. were bringing in livestock and they would have yeah. to carve out the pieces so of meat. So let me go back sure. to my favorite. That's a good point. Here. Thank you. Let I me think read you what I read in a paper this morning. Okay, go ahead and read. I'm gonna Google that shit. Another strong possibility is a cotton merchant from Liverpool who was living in Austin at the time. James Maybrick kept a series of journals in which he spoke of killing prostitutes. Ta-da. But There's even a page in one journal that he signed, Jack the Ripper. Not only was Maybrick living in Austin at the time of the servant girl murders, but he also lived in London during Jack the Ripper's killings. Well, none of the murders ended after he died in 1889. Would you like to guess how he died? 
His wife poisoned him. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Good actually. woman. They probably got a statue for her. But I, I have two things about that. Okay. Um, none of the Austin women that were murdered were prostitutes, with the possible yeah. exception of the last one, who they actually kind of clearly said she wasn't a prostitute, but she needed a place to meet her friends. So Did she wasn't a pro, she was a hobbyist. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you she saying the women in Whitechapel weren't prostitutes? No, I'm saying the women in Austin, Texas were not prostitutes. So that's kind of what I'm kind of saying is that Whoever we think it was, he really did switch his M.O. and his signature and all that. Well, that's assuming that the same person was Jack the Ripper, and I think that's... Well, that's where this... Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know that that's a safe assumption. Well, I have one more question, too, about your guy there. Um, where did the nickname Jack the Ripper come from? Like, did he give that to himself, or was it given to him by the press? Because he said he signed his journals with it. I know that you said that, but I'm asking, like, I thought that that was a name given to him by the press, not... Oh, you mean for the actual Jack the Ripper? Yeah. Um, I don't know. He signed no, I Jack. He signed yeah, Jack. it probably was. No, he that, Jack. Well, you're saying that one guy did, but she's talking about the, the actual no, person. No, what, but actually, Joe's raising a point that, that uh, I, I think is a good one, is that we, it's easy to get confused here if we do too many things. One is, if it's one thing to go over these murders and who might have done the murders in Austin, but then when you try to say, well, it's probably Jack the Ripper later on, uh, I think that's where we're running into trouble, is that... I, I, I'm not sure of that because I think there's circumstantial evidence with like Maurice. Well, I think there's circumstantial evidence, but the reason why I'm asking it is because you said that he wrote that in his journal when he was in Austin, which was three years before Jack the Ripper yeah, killing so started. How would he know? How would he know that the press was going to nickname him that? And he he well the, yeah yeah and, and how well I'm not sure. Because if the press came up with that name, then how... Well, how the hell did he come up with yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Name? Why? Yeah. That's yeah. my question. Craig, can you Google how Jack the Ripper even got his name? Because it might not... Did well, I don't he... want that Googling... <laughs> I mean... Google. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, these murders do seem a lot different than what Jack the Ripper was doing. I think it would be kind of... I, well, we know that they escalate, right? Yeah. And I, like I said this morning, I was listening to um, a podcast on the Hillside Stranglers, and they deliberately kept changing, tried to change their MO with the exception yeah. of yes. one thing to try to evade, you know, yeah. police capture. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, the name originates from a letter written by someone who claimed to be the killer published oh. at the time of the murders. Hmm. Oh, so maybe it maybe that does make sense if he wrote that in his it's journals like, in Texas. Where the fuck did he Texas, that? Yeah, I why mean, would he have done think that? Think of all the names he could have come up with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe he thought that those women because they were servants were prostitutes or, you know, maybe they actually maybe they dallied in something like the 11-year-old girl we were saying I'll tell you something about mom. women in Texas at that time. A lot of them were prostitutes even on the side. Well, I mean, sex work was part of how some people have to, have to Lonesome survive. Dove and what have you, but I mean, there wasn't many ways for a single woman to make a living that was adequate to sustaining her mm -hmm. at that time in Texas. Mm -hmm. Probably particularly black women too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, Texas was what, what one of the last to say, "Oh no, well, Lincoln freed you." Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so maybe the guy just got better at killing or, you know, less it's sloppy possible. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, why would anybody journal about killing prostitutes and then sign it? Yeah, the Ripper, yeah. It's, I mean. uh, so I think the thing is we're assuming, that I read this in a paper this morning, a college mm -hmm. paper, essentially. So maybe what we need to do is check that out, is how valid that is. Did he, was there really such a person doing that? Yeah. Some college um, kid just making it up, just getting it. <laughs> could be. For those people listening who are curious, there is tons of evidence or tons of um, conspiracies around the Servant Girl Annihilator being Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is Google either Servant Girl Annihilator and it will come right up um, in your searches. And I would suggest you Google, as I did this morning, Jack the Ripper and whoever your Servant awesome Girl person Annihilator. was, yeah. M.O. Yep, and that, that might be interesting, so. Yeah. But um, also next week, Dave, you're gonna cover the the insurrection that took place on January 6th of this year. Yeah, that will How be How many a... parts are you shooting for? Talk right? about criminality. Um, you know, I, so I was started it and I had like, I don't know, it was probably about 12 pages long. Wow. Um, oh my God. So I did reduce it. Um, so. You almost killed dad. I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hard to say because, you know, what do you want to cover? I definitely want to go over um, what QAnon, what the Proud Boys, all those people are. That's a lot of people. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mean beyond fucking assholes? Uh, yeah, they're yeah. beyond assholes, but they're also, you know, you have to look into the psychology of when people believe not just conspiracy theories and we'll talk about this more next week that is not you know you talk about a conspiracy theory like you know i believe that maybe lee harvey oswald was not a lone assassin of killing john f kennedy or maybe we didn't um, land on the moon because there is evidence there you know you look at the magic bullet for example that would be required um, in order for that to have, uh, in order for Lee Harvey Oswald to have been the lone assassin. Yeah, after Kennedy and yeah. Conley. Uh, I mean, but when you look at theories that the whole world is being run by Satan worshipping pedophiles that eat children. And they're Democrats, is, of course. They're Democrats, they also include the Dalai Lama. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean th and no, that's I what QAnon. QAnon um, really uh, uh, starts off with, and you have to look at the psychology there. So yeah, so that should yeah. be a fun and interesting. Actually, one. yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, too. me too. But otherwise, I guess that's all we have for you today. So thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to us on this episode of Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite app so you don't miss an episode. You can also send us an email to cocktails, mocktails, and crime at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at cocktails, mocktails, and crime. Or Twitter at CMCrime1. See you all next week.